Hello and welcome to the Developing Dads podcast. I'm your host Gordon and alongside my brother Neil, we're going to explore life as two young dads trying to figure this whole parenting thing out. Join us every Monday, we will aim to share our thoughts on how we raise our families, invest our time and explore anything and everything that interests us. Ladies and gentlemen, or the uh, two and a half, two and a half listeners that classically listen to our podcast, Neil, we might actually have three and a half listeners now. I, <laughs> I am, I'm not sure if we managed to upgrade to that point, but I've had a few people over the uh, past week or two mention that they listen, they, they regularly listen to the pod, um, which you know it still feels it feels good and it's great. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to take it. Sometimes when I'm like surprised actually that people <laughs> listen to our <laughs> podcast because it's. It's rubbish. Let's be honest. Well, it's not rubbish. That's that's not true. I think we've actually got quite a good thing going. Uh, but you'd kind of don't expect it, given we just started it because it's a bit of fun and a bit of enjoyment and a bit of a conversation. But um, but yeah, we are we are quite underprepared for this one. I think given I think Neil's hungover again for a podcast, <laughs> which which is quite funny, and I've just had like the busiest week going. I think since going back to sort of the freelance aspect of things so it's kind of it's just been a case of trying to crowbar this stuff into our lives and figure out you know when can we put a podcast in because you'd think that you know one hour in a day deal wouldn't be that difficult for us to be able to put together a some sort of conversation would you yeah no i, I agree it's been challenging this past like three or four weeks and when you mentioned m- mentioned the podcast being rubbish i don't i don't think it's rubbish but maybe after this episode <laughs> we'll see we'll see how it goes well, yeah, yeah, I don't mean I don't mean rubbish. I mean rubbish in a self-deprecating fashion where you know, it's it, the pod, the podcast itself I always have to remind it that it's fundamentally a conversation between the two of us and we started it because it would just be a a good thing to do to capture our lives, to capture some sort of like I don't know, story about what we've been up to, where we've been because you know, I think if if that one new listener is listening and, and is wondering what the heck this podcast is about, it's always been about trying to, for our grandkids to listen to their grandparents and great-grandparents having a chat about something, you know, that can we, there's no time in our lives we've ever been able to do this, is there anyone? <laughs> yeah, I know. And like, if, if I look back and if I could see our, our grandparents or great-grandparents on a video or on a podcast, I think it'd be priceless. Like hearing yeah, their stories and what life was like, and it would be because you know the fact that we are the sum we're we're like the sum of loads of like I can't I don't I don't know what the number is but it's a ridiculous piece of luck that we're sat here doing this right now. You know, yeah. if you think of the amount of people that have had to come before us for us to be sat here doing this, it's it's mad. <laughs> and you know, yeah, I, I just think it's a really nice thing to be able to do. You know, because documenting your life. Although it's not necessarily for, because like, you, you get kind of like, what I've what I've found is people are like, oh, you know, people take they'll take the mick out of me for like recording with a camera or like talking to it or putting things out on the internet or whatever whatever it might be. But realistically, like I've never regretted filming something or taking a picture or recording a podcast. Like I've never regretted it. Yeah. Have, you, have you, you ever felt like back. that? No, I'd, I'd agree. And yeah, putting yourself out there is a bit uncomfortable and can be a bit embarrassing at times. But when you look back and you think, yeah, you just not, you're not embarrassed. You don't feel ashamed of it. You don't feel, yeah. I think, I think it, when you look at the end product, especially the 40 episodes we've done, I think looking back, it's awesome to say, yeah, we've done 40 episodes. 
and we've captured all that content and like done ones in London Bridge, done ones in the bakery where Rebecca works, and like those like moments are are pretty special. Yeah, I I remember I was at, when we were in Kenya before this whole pandemic kicked in. It was literally just before it. I had my big old camera and I was taking loads of pictures. I was taking loads of pictures of like there was a leopard or something there, and there was like there was a group that we were with that we we knew they were family friends, and uh, Dave, one of them, said to me, "Do you do you ever think that it's it's like overtaking your experience?" So me stood there taking pictures. You know, do you ever feel like you're lacking in the experience because you're just you're 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 intent on taking pictures? And I was I wasn't sure I wasn't sure how to answer that because part of me knows that I've never regretted taking pictures or videos, but at the same time you're not you're not in the moment to some extent. But then equally, when I look back on the pictures, it reminds me of the moment. I don't know. Like, do you have that conflict? Because obviously, when you want to capture a moment of Isla doing something or the boys doing something or you doing something, do you ever think, oh, I should be present rather than capturing this thing? Yeah, and I, I, I kind of go through uh, peaks and troughs of capturing lots and lots of stuff and then capturing nothing. So now I've got my shiny, shiny new phone, I feel like I'm capturing a lot more. And I kind of enjoy that because on Apple anyway, you can get like a little widget thing that um, pulls up photos from years ago. And when you take lots of photos every week or every day, the memories you get like when you look back over the years is just awesome. But um, in the moment, I think there's probably a, a part of me is like, should I just put my phone down? And like, I'm with friends and stuff. I went, like, I was on a night out with work colleagues on Wednesday. Didn't take any photos, but like, now I look back and think, oh, I should have captured that. I should have, like, these guys are, I, I work with them every day. And yeah, there, there's parts of me that I wish I do capture more, but then there's parts of me that thinks I should enjoy it. And interestingly, when I went to see Coldplay a few weeks ago, um, lead singer basically said for these next two or three songs, he wants all the phones away. He wants nobody to have their phone out. Um, and he was speaking to like 70,000 people and he just wanted to be, make, make it intimate. And yeah, and I, every, like I, I saw no phones, so everyone seemed to listen and I don't know, it made it a bit more, a bit more special. It nice. Yeah, it, I think there's a, there's definitely a happy medium, right? There's definitely like a middle ground where you, you, you take the, the picture at the start of the meal and then you put your phone away. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's the I'll capture just a couple of pictures of the kids playing or running around or doing something, and then then for the rest of the day I don't necessarily need to. You know, you don't you yeah. don't need to be walking around with like a GoPro attached to your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> but then you know, it, it, some 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 part of me, you know, because I did that vlogging thing for two hundred and ten days straight, it it forced and, and like pushed me to to do stuff. You know, it, it was like I had to make something good for the vlog, which made me, you know, contact someone I hadn't spoken to in a while or go on an, an adventure because, I, you know, whereas normally I just would have like slotted into the usual work thing that I would have done and just grafted away and not really thought about it. So I guess it's like there's part of that. And it's like, you know, as well, photography to some extent, you know, pushes me to want to go and take pictures at times of the day or night or in locations that I wouldn't have normally thought of. Um so yeah, I don't know. It was a meandering thought that I had um, while we were while we we're going through this. But it, either way, Neil, it, it, we always start off with as part of this podcast. We always start off with the um, the how we use. So given given we've had a busy week and you are hungover once again on the Developing Dads podcast, uh, how has your week been? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was reflecting on the week just five minutes before the call. Um, and probably a side note, if, if whoever's listening, I have three kids downstairs. Rebecca's away on a hen do all weekend, so um, I'm currently multitasking. 
looking after three kids and doing a podcast. What, so there might what a guy you are, Neil. <laughs> you know, I mean, if there were, if there were dad mums and dads out there in the world, they should be looking upon you right now as some <laughs> an absolute deity. So if my door opens behind me, then you might see a, a ginger-haired girl or two little boys come through. We'll see. Anyway, how's my week? Um, it's been really good. It's been a short week, obviously, the Queen's funeral on Monday. and I don't work Fridays, so I had a three-day week, which was nice. Um, a couple of colleagues came up from London for a few days, which meant uh, a night out on Wednesday, which went to a new place in Edinburgh called Bohemia, which is really good, um, nice food, and it was quite a late one. And then I went back into the office on Thursday. So, I mean, this whole week's kind of, it's gone really fast. It's been really enjoyable, but it's been very alcohol-infused. Um, because yesterday I went to a local beer festival in Dunfermline, which had 47 different beers from like 10 different breweries, all like around the central belt of Scotland. So it was really nice, actually. Like there was a booklet you got when you went in and you could choose which beers, you could have taste of them all and really good. So I did that with a, a fellow dad friend, James, for that's like four or five hours we were out. And yeah, really, really nice. Only kind of thing I would say is the beer was warm, which I'm not a massive fan of warm beer. But it was just, it was, it was coming out of kegs, like straight, just like straight out of kegs. So, I mean, um, the, the, there's, uh, I don't, I think you must get it in Scotland, but you've got English ale down here, which just comes out of the cellar, like it's cellar temperature. Yeah. It's yeah, not, yeah, that's it's not what ice what cold. Was. Yeah. Um, I don't mind it's that. still really enjoyable. Um, and then, so um, our mum took my kids for the afternoon. So I had to co- come home and look after, look after three, three kids, a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit drunk. And thankfully, James was going to put his kids down and then come back to mine for a few whiskeys. But thankfully, he was a bit too tired and we decided not to because I would have been in a lot worse state just now if um, James had come over with the kids sleeping. Uh, apart from that, it's been, yeah, a fast, fast week. Lots of socialising. Um, today's plans. What am I doing today? I don't know, actually. There's not much planned. Rebecca's coming back later on this afternoon. So she's entertaining three, three kids hungover. Excellent. So she's going to be hungover as well, is she? So she's going to have a hung- two hungover parents. It's like, it sounds like you're doing a great job, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, James's wife um, is a social worker. <laughs> it Excellent. Makes, puts a funny spin on it because for the for the two and a half listeners that are listening, um, I'm not an alcoholic and I don't drink a lot and I, I, I look after my children just in case. Someone's listening. <laughs> just, just to clarify, you know, you're not neglecting your kids. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, how's your week been, Gordon? You've been busy, busy, busy. Yeah, yeah, uh, busy. Yes. So, yeah, we had the queen, the, the old queen's funeral. Not that I had anything to do with it whatsoever. I wasn't invited, obviously. Um, not queue for twenty-five hour, twenty-five hours. I did not. I did not take up that queue. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably, I'm not. I've, I don't necessarily have the opinions that I think Neil perhaps carries to do with the monarchy and the queen and all that kind of thing. But I equally feel like, you know, the, the 15, 10, 15, 20 hours or, so, or whatever it was that some people were queuing for, I just feel a bit kind of like, couldn't you have just used that time for for better? Like for something better than, than queuing for, like sure there's a moment in history, but, you know, it's not, I don't know. I just, I felt uncomfortable with the fact that people were spending, you know, committing so much time and resources to something when, you know, I'm sure the Queen would have probably preferred you to spend those 15 hours spread over the course of one hour for the, the next like three or four months helping a charity or, <laughs> you know, yeah. teaching someone something or, I don't know, spending it with your family. Like, I don't know. 
it just, I don't know, I just felt a bit uncomfortable about it. I don't know why, but it's just a bit weird that people wanted to queue for that long to see. I can't, I can't fathom, like, I just can't put myself in those those people's shoes. Like, yeah, because I, I, I had to go to, where was I going? Yeah, I was going up to Birmingham, actually, on this Saturday and Sunday um, before the Queen... Uh, before the Queen's uh, laying in state finished, uh, lying in state, what it's called, and I was it was early morning as well. You know, I was in the Euston train station for about six a.m. something like that. But there was people obviously coming back from doing their night shift, uh, having like done the queuing thing, and I was just kind of like, I, I, they were having discussions about it, but there was just there was I mean a lot of people, <laughs> and it was just I don't know, I just felt a bit weird about it. But yeah, no, I've had a I've had a r- crazy week. Um, so yeah, I've done seven days. I worked seven days in a row. So I did. I went up Saturday and Sunday to Birmingham, like I said, which was for a business that I'm invested in called the PT Project, which helps sort of uh, helps basically educate personal trainers more down the niche of things like biomechanics. So helping them uh, with their clients and their movement and all that kind of stuff. So that was that was really good. It was a successful camp. It was hypertrophy camp. Had fourteen or fifteen people on it. It sold out. And then we've got this mentorship thing that's launching soon. That sold out. So I was filming for that, taking pictures, doing all some bits and pieces. And then on the Sunday afternoon, I was at a bodybuilding show. So it was a regional bodybuilding show that I was filming for a chap, um, which is pretty good. Um, you know, it's kind of like a bodybuilding. Bodybuilding's weird because it's, it's they're huge. The body, natural bodybuilding there was massive. Like it's huge. And I think it's definitely the rise of sort of social media and things helped that. So some of the classes, there was about 130 athletes or something at these. Wow. And, there have been a few know, shows with you. Yeah. And, and given, you know, back in the day when I was competing, 100 or so max, maybe 70 to 100 athletes overall. So the, the shows are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And there's obviously lots of new faces, but there's still some old guard kicking around, like <laughs> my age, you know, who, I've compete, who I competed with back in 2008, 2009, you know, some 14, 15 years ago. And yeah, it's kind of interesting, and they're still in, involved in the whole bodybuilding thing. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I probably could still be involved in that type of thing. It's not really my, my necessarily my thing anymore. I wonder why you transitioned out of it. Why do you think you moved? Because it's because it's hard, Neil. Like <laughs> I think I got to the point in my mind where I was just like, "What's the point? You know, yeah, what is po- the point of this? The gain versus the the cost." Yeah, because. It, even as, like, there's there was always that 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 chasing of uh, that feeling that I got when I won my first ever competition. You know, when I won my first ever competition, it was probably one of one of the best feelings I've ever had. You know, it's up there with my top five feelings I think I've experienced, and it's hard to replicate that. So, if if you can't replicate it from else from other things, then you just go chasing after that thing that ultimately resulted in what you did you know, how you manage to get that feeling. So competing in bodybuilding again and trying to win and trying to win again and trying to win again. But then it just came to the point where I was just like, it's not, like, I'm okay with not winning anymore. I'm okay with not, like, being a professional natural bodybuilder. I rationally can't see how it really benefits me beyond how I look and people tell me. Yeah. A bit of selfishness. A bit, I mean, business-wise, it did help me. But then equally, like, did people sign up because I was a natural bodybuilder? No, that wasn't really my niche. You know, it wasn't people that I initially worked with. So I guess I just transitioned away because it's just hard, Neil. Like, really hard. You know, it's... Yeah. Like, it's not it's not something that I... Yeah, yeah. It's just hard. <laughs> so I was just like, nah, nah. 
benefit doesn't 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 weigh in. Um, I'm enjoying a nice coffee actually. We got some beans from um, yeah. For those who are listening on on uh, podcast, I'm having a coffee. Um, and we got our beans from Square Mile. So the oh, uh, nice James Hoffman. Have you been to visit yet? I have not. It is not easy to My, get to. Miles away. Yeah, you keep. I mean. That. This this is the thing. This is the thing that a lot of Londoners don't, or people who are not Londoners don't understand, and equally, uh, people who are not from London also don't understand because we might travel an hour and a half to go for, a, for to go for a coffee or to go for dinner or to go for lunch. Neil, would you drive to Glasgow <laughs> just for dinner? <laughs> no, not a chance. No, but that's basically what we're doing, right? So. Um, yeah, no, going to that square mile thing is, is quite the trek, uh, certainly from where I live. So I haven't been yet, but I do. But they, but in fact, next to Ali's office, which I'll get to in a minute is what I've been doing all week, Ali's office is his Proof Rock coffee. I didn't know he had a different brand. Yeah, so he's got square mile, which is his coffee roaster thing, but he's got a coffee shop called Proof Rock. Ah, and it's, okay. in Far- it's in Farringdon. And if you watched his James Hoffman's latest YouTube video, it, he um, imported a... Uh, uh, what's it called? An antique coffee machine from Italy. Wow! And he and he's also roasted some Italian beans specifically for this coffee machine, and it's at, it's at Proof Rock. So if you come, to, if you actually eventually come down to London, we might be able to go and have a, an Italian brew. Yeah, that sounds sounds good. So anyway, so, so that was the weekend. Alley. Yeah, that that was the weekend. So I did the the PT project stuff. Then I did the bodybuilding thing, and then on Mon- Monday to Friday this week we filmed. 15 podcasts oh I think. my god so basically these things right but they're longer you know talks for about two hours they have conversation for two hours we did 15 of them um majority of them in person so i was obviously in charge of the production aspect of things so i was like all the filming and whatnot and that was just whoa that was hardcore it was kind of no. hardcore because it's like the podcast stuff is like it's super easy when it's set up neil it's super easy right you know, when it's when it all works, you just you're basically just sat there monitoring. You're just making sure that it's working, <laughs> yeah. right? But when it's not set up and you need to like work out some logistics for stuff, it's like three or four cameras. It's uh, audio. It's making sure all the data's backed up and put onto like the Google Drive. It's making sure memory cards are cleared. It's uh, yeah, managing guests. Like it's it was pretty hardcore. So there was a lot of concentrating and swearing but i got through it how does ali do it like i can't imagine having a two-hour conversation really in-depth stuff and then move to another two-hour conversation then another two-hour conversation and but you do though don't you like you do that in meetings yeah true true but i guess he's performing a little bit yeah there there is that but you just kind of you just get on with it you know you have a coffee and you just crack on and granted he's got his researchers probably yeah, so there's research, right? So there's a, there's a researcher, the producer who basically comes up with all the stuff for the guests, um, and then he can just refer to that and ask and ask questions around it. So it's not it's not like a it's not I wouldn't say it's that hard, but it, it worked like it, it worked, and we got all the podcast done because the, one of the things with the podcast, especially with the studio setup that was there, um, is that it, the, the studio setup needs to be very chameleon. So it needs to be very much in in a sense of a podcast studio or a YouTube set or whatever else. You're constantly having to set up yeah. and break down, set up and break down. And the setup takes about an hour and the breakdown takes about half an hour. So we'd have like days where it'd be a podcast and a YouTube video. So I'd have to like break down, set up, move everything around, like manage all the data, yada, yada, yada. 
So now it was just a case of, now nah, we just focus on podcast week done. And that's like basically two seasons, all filmed, all organized, all set up, which is wow. Great. Yeah, yeah. You're still there. You still there? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Yeah, cut out for a little bit. Who cares? And um, so, yeah, that was all set up and all done. So that was basically my week, just doing all that, meeting some really quite interesting guests, which was kind of good. There's a guy called Casper Lee. He is an original uh, original YouTuber, if you will, from back in the day. Um, fascinating how he's kind of like changed direction in some form where he quit YouTube sort of three years ago. And now he's got like an influencer business. He's got a marketing business. He's got a venture capitalist business. And wow. then he, just does, he just does that now, which is amazing. You know, a couple of million subs on Instagram and then six or seven million subscribers on YouTube and doesn't even post on there anymore. And yeah, that, that was kind of interesting, meeting him, listening to him. Uh, there was a company called Eight Sleep. So their founders were in chatting about it. And Eight Sleep, it sounds like it's amazing. Eight Sleep is basically a, a mattress cover not the mattress, a cover uh, that basically helps you regulate like temperature and stuff. So it pumps water around this mattress thing to heat it up and cool it down. Um, it will track your movements, your sleep patterns, all sorts of stuff. And you can get them for two people as well. So you can you basically have like one mattress that, that that's separated. So if you want it with your wife, for example, and you're sleeping next to each other, you can have like hot and cold either side wow. if you really wanted. Anyway, it's, it, it's, it seemed really cool. Like, I'd love to buy one, but they're two and a half grand. <laughs> For the mattress topper thing. It's, not, it, it's, a, it's a mattress topper. Yeah, it's <laughs> basically, it goes on the mattress. So you still have oh. to buy the bed, you still have to buy the mattress, and it's two and a half grand. So it's it's a great idea. Like, it, it's brilliant, but flipping heck, you know, it's quite a, lot of, quite a lot of cash for a mattress topper, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. So what have you been up to at the weekend? This weekend just passed. This weekend, uh, yesterday... Yesterday we so we've been we've been tussling with the floor, haven't we, Neil? You know, dad life stuff, tussling with the floor, trying to get that laid. So there was some chaps came over yesterday to do some feathering. <laughs> you know, whatever that means, no idea. But they they feathered away and obviously created more dust for us to tidy up, which was great. Uh, Laura's mum and dad were over helping us. Like tr- we're trying to get the garden like some some kind of semblance of like, you know it looks okay and it works. So we're just kind of working on that and they've had their driveway done. So we've stolen some bits and pieces from them. They had new turf laid. So we had some turf like left over. So we used that. We put some new fence panels. So very dad, very dad life on the fence panel front. And then cooked them dinner. So I got the big green egg out, which if for those who have not listening, it's a ceramic barbecue thing. Have you had, you've had something off my big green egg, haven't you? Yeah. 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 And it's just amazing. We did, I did some salmon. Uh, so salmon with like it's got shallots some herbs some lemon and then you just put it in for like 30 minutes 40 minutes at 110 and it just just makes a nice like, kind of smoky-ish smoky-ish salmon-ish thing and then also did some uh, roast potatoes on it as well so it had the nice crispy outside fluffy on the inside it was absolutely delicious and um, we had that for dinner had some had some drinks as well <laughs> had, a, had a bottle of wine and some beers Found some beers in Tesco's by Brew by Numbers. Uh, some DDH. Are you a DDH fan? That's quite dark, isn't it? No, DDH yeah. is like a. I can't, I, what's DDH? I'm on my computer. I could probably do it. DDH beer. What does it mean? It is double dry hopped. So basically, as with so many things pertaining to beer, particularly those of IPA variety, DDH is more complicated than it looks. 
Um, blah blah blah. It's just it's just a bit more complex. It tends to be quite cloudy beer. Okay. Um, which it's like kind of a bit fruitier. It's a bit. I actually really I I love it. But basically, we I had it with um, David in Fremont in Seattle, and he he was like, "This is really nice beer." So I wanted to find him another DDH, and ah, I nice. love I I love it. So we, I found one in Tesco's, and he he really really enjoys it. So I got him some more of that. So we had some of them, and then we did a little whiskey tasting with him. So he likes a bit of whiskey, and we tried. I've got my Laura bought me for my wedding present is a whiskey called Phenomenology by Compass Box. Have you tried it yet, Neil? Oh yeah, it's about one hundred and fifty quid, two hundred quid a bottle. So Laura got me a fancy bottle of that. So me and David had a had a few few drinks of that. It's not quite finished yet; it's still sitting there. So <laughs> we're still savoring it. And then we had a Ben Rhine. And we had a Aldi special, the Murdoch uh, thing. It's about 10 quid a bottle or whatever it was, but it's very tasty. So it was good. Nice. We, had a, we had a few different ones. And then that was, then today is kind of, oh, today is today. Today. It's like, oh, we've got a, like, I'm sure it's going to be lovely. And I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it, Neil. But we've got to go and do one of those kind of like one year catch up, bumping baby uh, oh, in wow. the park, Neil's rubbing his forehead. Everyone's <laughs> watching on YouTube, <laughs> and yeah, that's so in a park, go and see all the bump baby and bump people. There's loads of people already pulled out, as you can imagine. It was you know booked in the diary four months ago. So <laughs> I, I'm not the organizer of it, and I was kind of in this debate, and I don't know how you feel about these kind of things, Neil. And I I, I say it's kind of funny because it's not the, these are people that I, I don't necessarily hang around with like all the time. You know, and that's not to say they're not nice people. I'm not saying that. Yeah. What I'm saying is that it's just like one of those things where you're kind of making small talk to some extent. You know, you kind of know each other. You kind of don't, you know, it's all that kind of stuff, right? So, and it's just that kind of like that awkwardness that you have to go through and, and do and whatever else. And, you know, there's a never ending list of stuff that you want to do that's that's not that specifically. Yeah, I mean, time's finite, especially when you're a dad. Yeah, however, however. Laura, Laura said yes that we would we would go to the park thing, and I just I I hate people that say yes to something and then like cancel the last minute or cancel or whatever else. I'd rather be the person that just says no up front, yeah, rather than the person that cancels because I think I think saying no up front is a much less dickish thing to do than canceling last minute or whatever else. So I don't know how you combat that, but I. I just, yeah, I'm like, oh, you know, I could probably, I've got so many other things that I could potentially do or that would be more productive and or have, require more of my attention and time. So it's that toss up where Laura's like, we don't have to go. And I'm like, no, we've said, we said we're going to go, we're going. So what what do you, how do you battle those things? Yeah, I think, I mean, they're few and far between now, but an example was a birthday I went to a couple of weeks ago. It was more Rebecca's side. I, I know them, but... Again, there's there's dads and couples there that I don't lovely people, but I don't really know them. Don't really have an inkling to meet them on a Sunday Sunday evening having a barbecue. But yeah, you just got to suck it up and do it. Kids had a great time, so it's kind of I don't know. You've got to be a bit forgiving in terms of the kids are going to have a great time. Rebecca wants me to go with her. I just need to suck it up and do it. Um, and there's other times, probably other times where I've just said no. Or being that person that you hate and maybe last minute said no. But I don't know, I feel like I'm in a part of my life now where 
I don't get asked anymore whether that's. <laughs> I say no too much, but because yeah. they know you, they know you're a bit of a dick, and you don't turn up. Yeah, and like it's, it's that age old thing where I can count on one hand, or probably less than one hand, how many close friends and close people I want to spend a week, a day with, or a, a weekend with, or an evening with, and um, I'm okay with that. So but then, then part of me feels like that some of that is you're then you're then just missing out on connections. And potential connections. You know, you talked about, how, like in the last podcast, I think it was maybe, how much or how good it was to go for that beer that would ultimately benefit you if for your career and all that kind of thing. Like you just, that part of me feels like you also just don't know what kind of people are going to be there and what, yeah, what kind of doors. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's an infinite amount of things you can potentially do. And exactly like you say, you've got to you got to narrow your focus and be like, well, is this is this something that will actually benefit me in some you have to be selfish and, and think of that way, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I, I, when, yeah, when I was at the brew dog thing, cycle thing, a few episodes ago, I met the an executive vice president for, from Ernest and Young, which is a big financial event. Like, I don't know, he probably wouldn't remember my name, but I spent most of the day with him, chatting to him, had beers together, and stuff like that. So, like, you don't know where that'll lead. Like, would I see him at the AGM next year in brew dog, and then add him on LinkedIn or something? So, yeah, there is there is that. Um, but then I'm I'm quite fulfilled. I'm quite quite content with the people around me. And <laughs> but then in in business, Neil, you know, the amount of times that I tell I tell people that are younger than me that have started their started their new careers or started their new businesses or whatever they're doing, I I, I learned the lessons. I don't I don't think I did learn. I have to learn a lesson from it. But I know that it was better to market when I didn't need to market myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, when things were going really well, that's the time that you need to be producing content and doing stuff. Not when the times when you don't have any mates and nobody's want to talk to you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's about it's like it's like managing your mental health. Like going and getting a therapist when you're per- when you're super happy is probably a better time than when you're super sad. Yeah, and like similarly, if you get made redundant or you lose your job, I mean, I'm quite good at keeping my LinkedIn up to date and engaging with kind of subject matter experts and people of the same kind of level as me, and. If I was ever to made, made redundant, I know that I can generally find a job quite quickly because I keep those things up to date. I keep those connections live. I might not meet up with them for drinks and coffee all the time, but I wish them happy birthday off through LinkedIn or if they get a new job, I'll say congratulations. Or I just keep that kind of ticking over because I know in the long run, it's probably going to help me. So then why don't you do that for when it comes to your personal relationships? I, I do, but just there's a, there's a handful, a small handful of people that I do it with. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, so yeah, I've got that baby and bump thing, and then that's pretty much the weekend done. I'm looking after the next next week's going to be good. Again, busy. Uh, we've got Monday. I've got Olivia all day, so I've got Daddy daycare, and then we've got I'm working with Ali on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday it's Laura's birthday. So nice. just just a reminder, Neil. It's Laura's birthday. <laughs> Just if you if you want to send a card. Do you want to see? Do you, do you, do you, I've actually got in my to-do list, Gordon Greenhorn. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah, the top one. There we go. Laura's birthday. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's Laura's birthday. It's 30 plus one. Um, she was obviously pregnant with uh, with Olivia or just had Olivia when she had her 30th birthday. And we did a really cool thing. Well, I think it was really cool. I mean, I organised it. But I took her to Duck and Waffle and we sat by the window and had a lovely kind of a, a rather expensive breakfast uh brunchy type of thing but it was up in like the heron tower and it's all very so it's it's nice but it's just it's still expensive 
And then, then we went to go and get some jewellery. So we bought like some pearl thing that she she really wanted. Um, and we just had a lovely day. And it was a bit different because obviously we had Olivia and she was only eight weeks old or something like that. <laughs> and then this time I was like, nah, we're going to do something really nice. And I was looking at kind of going abroad, but the prices of like flying anywhere is insane. Mad. Yeah. Like go to Portugal, it was about 700 quid return. Like what? <laughs> so didn't didn't do that. So we're going to go somewhere else. I won't necessarily name it in the pod. We can talk. We can we can leave that as a little sprinkling <laughs> for the next episode, potentially. Um, so yeah, we're going to do that, and then that's pretty much my that's pretty much my life, Neil. I'm just for some weird reason I'm busy. Which, serving serving other people, Gordon. Yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know when I was work, when people work full time, and I, when I worked full time for seven or eight months in an employed setting, I don't I don't know how people have time to do anything. <laughs> like how. You know, because you're in the office. You you leave the house at say before eight. You get home after six. Like, what are you going to do pre leaving and post getting home? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in a different. I work from home ninety percent of the time, so I just walk up to my office and there's no commute time, so that's massive. Like, if you're commuting an hour there, an hour back, that's two hours of your day where you could do something different. So, just get a job it's- that works from home, Gordon. Stop stop being behind the camera. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Um, yeah, so that that's been that's been good, busy busy week. But yeah, in the preparedness, I, I introduced the podcast saying we weren't necessarily prepared for anything, and we haven't. We've managed to burn through thirty two minutes worth of content already, which, which feels class as content. <laughs> it's content, of course, it's content. Even if you just turn a camera on and put a microphone to your mouth and record it and publish it, then that's that's content. Um, I was actually I was actually kind of pondering, and it was more yesterday and today that about because basically what basically what I've tried to do is manage and manipulate happiness to some extent right so on a bare bare bones level i don't i don't take cocaine because <laughs> that's not a good idea is it for long term happiness i don't overspend on a credit card and don't pay it off because then you're just again neglecting your future happiness right you're going to have to pay that back at some point what i try to do is to make decisions where i can within within my privileges if you will that will ultimately contribute towards a level of happiness or what I think will be some happiness. And for me, those are things like having a good social structure, you know, managing my income and out, uh, out, outgoings as much as I can. And, you know, having, yes, having a loving and supporting wife. But basically, moving to where I moved to now, we're a five-minute walk away from our grandparents, well, basically grandparents, uh, my in-laws. And... That choice has resulted in not only me being exceptionally happy because they can come down like yesterday they came down helped us with the garden. They also stayed over, like they stayed over for the evening and they only have to walk home, right? There's no commute of like 45 minutes or 20 minutes here or drive there or whatever else. It's literally a five minute walk. And to move here was a choice. We could have moved anywhere else. Like we had the means and the finances to move anywhere else in London, but we chose here largely because of that. And then it got me sort of pondering. I was like, well, you know, how much of happiness is actually a choice? Like how much of you feeling good about yourself, feeling happy, you know, how much of that is actually, you know, within your own, within your own power, your own choice? Um, yeah, I don't know if you had any meandering thoughts about it. You sound like Mo Gaudet. He's always preaching the happiness of the choice. And yeah, I mean, you can, you can definitely design your life um, to be more happy, but I guess it takes somebody or takes... 
that light bulb moment in terms of what's if I make this decision now, what, what how is it going to pay in the next five years, three years, two years, one month? Um, so I, I don't know how how you develop that future thinking. I don't know how you get people to think about the decisions they're making now and how happy that's going to make them in in the future. And that's I guess why I run most days is because I know it makes me happy there and then, but also in the next ten years I'll hopefully be happier and not bed bound. Um, I read a lot to try and decompress, listen to a lot of podcasts about mind, mental health, all that kind of stuff, spend time on my own, spend time with friends. Yeah, you kind of, and uh, I was chatting to, chatting to James about my, this goes going, going quite deep, but my life and how I've kind of fast-tracked it quite quite quickly. I mean, I had kids when I was 23, married 22, now I've got three kids, I'm, I'm 31, and where am I going with this? Yeah, there's there's a a feeling that I guess there's a a reason, or I think there might be a reason of why that happened. And is my life going to be shorter than other people's, or or something? I don't know why, but yeah, I feel that. Did you? Did you? Did you? Um, I I don't feel like I questioned whether I was happy for a large part of my twenties. Did you? Did you? Um, did I? No, I don't think I did. Special he, guest. Special guest. Do you want to come and say hello, Isla? Let's put, let's put um, boots and cats on the shopping list. Cats on the shopping list. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an Alexa downstairs and it sounds like Lewis has put some cats on the shopping list. <laughs> oh, excellent. Good to hear it. So if yeah, anyone's watching you, on YouTube, you'll see my daughter. Yes. Did you? Yeah, that's a good like a good thing that I, I, I wondered. You know, I didn't really sit down and be like, am I happy? You know, I just kind of went with the feeling of being yeah. like content and happy in what I was doing. Did you, did you do that? Yeah. And and then if you didn't, do you think it was a mistake? Do you think you should have sat down and gone, what actually makes me happy? Am I doing things that are making me happy? Should I change direction? Should I not? What did you? Had- so I don't think there was a kind of a scientific thought process of like, is this making me happy? Yes, no. Then divert or change course. I think I just did stuff because I was happy and like I, th- I think if it, if it made me unhappy then I wouldn't have done it but there was no conscious effort to think is this going to make me happy yes or no but then if if you don't know because we essentially adapt to our surroundings right so we live within our means even if we earn five million pounds a year we end up spending five million pounds a year if we earn five thousand pounds a year we end up spending five thousand pounds a year so if you don't necessarily sit down and go, well, I'm earning five million pounds a year. What the hell am I spending my money on? You know, is this actually making me happy? Same as when I'm spending my time, where I'm doing things, how I'm doing things. If we do, if you didn't sit down and go, oh, is this making me happy? Could have you been happier? Because, you know, I think, I don't know if I've, I've talked about this in the podcast, but I, I genuinely thought being married like getting married to Laura having a good relationship having a nice house financially being good having a good job I was very happy I, I was like how do, you know I went traveling for an entire year I was like how can I be happier how does how does how do you get happier on this and then I had a kid right and then you're like holy shit there's another dimension to happiness like there's a, a whole other bubble so I don't know if you thought if you if you you know if you'd gone am i actually happy like actually asked yourself that rather than just running with the overall feeling do you think that you would have then delayed things perhaps or 
changed course or actually found like more happiness what do you what do you think yeah like for a lot, lot of process there I, I, yeah I didn't think of when I had when I had Isla married Rebecca I knew it was the right decision but I don't think I ever questioned will it make me happy I just think it, I assumed it was going to make me happy and that assumption paid off um, and like yeah I, I guess now going through life I'm early 30s and I, I feel there's probably more more reason to think about happiness because there's a lot more things to manage there's a lot more things to worry about to look at to focus on to you're thinking of the future of your kids you're also thinking of the future of yourself your pensions the, what the markets are doing like there's there's so much as a young adult i'm a young adult i don't know young dad um yeah there's so much to process and think about i think that's where it's important to think about happiness but not necessarily you don't necessarily need to do that in your early 20s i don't think or i didn't i didn't feel i needed to I do, I, I'm just I'm curious about it because I'm sort of in in some instinct in some setups I'm kind of surrounded by people or some people who are who are kind of on that constant trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives and oh kids are back oh, I think I think the I think the seal has been broken on the door Jill. I think they're I think they're now definitely wanting to come in yeah I mean we made it to forty minutes didn't we yeah we did we we did well are, are they hello no. no, we could. To be fair, Neil, we could probably pick up this happiness thing in the in the next podcast. But what, what do you think? Or shall we continue down this vein? Yeah, I don't know. I think we've 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 talked about happiness in another podcast. You can't see. We him. have, but I, I guess I was kind of exploring the idea. <laughs> there he is. Hello. I was exploring the idea, basically, of if if you were to assess your own happiness. Should you do it frequently? And if you do, does that mean you're likely going to become happier? And no, if you I, don't, I then that. you're in trouble. <laughs> this is this is becoming chaotic now. My Hello. my kids my kids are coming in. I think Neil, let's just let's just call it there because <laughs> Olivia is trying to come in. <laughs> I, I can't hear you by the way. Isla, stop it. She's got my earpiece. Here we go. Right, you're back. In yeah, I, I'm just saying that Olivia is trying to come in now as well. So I think it's probably. I think we should maybe we we'll call this podcast here and we'll pick it up in the next one. Uh, how does that sound? Cool. Right. Louis, so you want to say bye bye to everybody. No. No. Say bye bye, Isla. Bye. Right. Excellent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much for listening to the three and a half listeners that have joined us. Neil has now been invaded by uh, at least two of these <laughs> children. I'm being invaded by my other one. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. We've got all of our usual places, YouTube, Instagram, all those kind of places. <laughs> Before the carnage carnage uh, doesn't uh, end up with Neil getting assaulted at some point. Then, and the camera's been covered up. Excellent. <laughs> right, ladies and gents, we shall see you in the next podcast. Cheers. Right, goodbye. Goodbye, Pinky. What an ending. <laughs>